0: From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, you know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. That's a lot of bees. Yeah. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. That's important. You want an affordable price.
1: Yeah, I do want one. Yeah,
0: if it's too much, well, that's just not going to happen. No. State Farm's on it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. I'm lowering my voice. Mm, Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary.
2: Hi, my name is uh, John Wilson. And I feel very fortunate about being Conan O'Brien's friend.
0: Okay, well, you, you, why did you, why did you put a question mark at the end? Do you feel any, at all apprehensive about being my friend?
2: Yeah, no, I, 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 I sorry, I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have gone up at the end. I, uh, I, I should have gone down. <laughs> I feel very fortunate about the, 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 question mark was like more like, did I, did I do it right? You know?
3: Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are going to be friends.
2: Yes, I can tell that we are going to be friends.
0: Hello, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, I'm going to start today's episode with a question. Has anyone here had acid
2: reflux? Have you guys had that before? Oh Anybody? God.
1: Yes.
0: Oh, I've never had anything like that in my life. And I don't know what's going on with me, but I have had something like this feeling in my throat for a while now, for like weeks and weeks, and all the symptoms line up with acid reflux. Oh, geez. Now, would that be because I'm anxious about something? Would that be because- I'm drinking lye, which is something I do before I go to bed every night. Uh, No, I I don't know what it is, but I'm wondering if you can hear it in my voice and if it makes my voice sound more mellifluous, maybe a little little more raspy, then I'm going to not treat the disease. Do you hear it at all, Matt? You're an expert at, you hear anything in my voice It's a little different?
3: Yeah, it's sultry. It. It's it's whiskey-voiced. You're just deep barrel throated I want to ask you this.
0: As you know, I don't love the sound of my voice, and that's true of a lot of performers, but I think I have good reason. And I'm wondering if I should start experimenting with lowering my tone a little bit <laughs> uh, on the podcast if that might be something that people like hearing.
3: You're lowering your voice, but you're also kinda of changing your like dialect a well, little bit. Well, yeah. I don't
0: intend to do that. I'm just trying to lower it. But I think once it gets lower, it's almost like uh, there's a certain attitude that comes with it, a certain yeah, a big cool D guy. energy. Oh boy. I don't,
1: oh I boy, I don't oh, like that it. That
3: wasn't what I was thinking.
1: Matt, about. can you can you just lower it when you edit the show?
3: I can pitch shift you down if you want. Let's and you'll pitch. kind of sound like like put the lotion in the basket yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I'm going to – do me a favor, Matt. I'm going to start yeah. talking, and you pitch me down, and maybe, maybe – And
1: we'll find a tone that people out there find exciting. I'm going for kind of a confident guy, a guy who uh, looks back at his life and knows that he's had great achievements. Are you doing an accent? I'm not
3: sure what I'm doing right okay. now. <laughs> and I can tell you that this will be pitch shifted and you will sound like, basically like Barry White. Yeah. So if you want to say something kind of to the ladies, feel free. Just a shout
1: out to all those ladies right now who are listening. <laughs> this is Conan O'Brien. I don't know why is giggling, but, uh...
0: I'm just uh, having a good time right now, kicking it in my crib.
3: (laughs) And can you try something else? And I swear to God, I will pitch this lower. And I I promise I won't pitch this high like a chipmunk at all. So go ahead and just do something real sultry.
2: Yeah. Last night, I was with three of my lady friends. Uh, Let's just say it was quite an evening. We played Parcheesi. And uh, then we all had some... Grape
3: snapple, and uh, they left quite satisfied. That's all I can say about that incident. Yeah, I have no doubt that our listeners are weak in the knees from that.
0: Well, here's what I want to do. I, I, I do wonder: is there any, is there anything I can do to make my voice sound uh, sexier?
3: Have you tried just doing a little breathier? You know, a little more aspirated, kind of like that. You know, I did notice when we were talking to Bill Burr recently, that he's got this thing.
0: He talks like he's missing most of his lungs. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Booper's like, uh, yeah, you he, he got, he got people. <laughs> and, and they're wondering, you know, what, what's that all about? Cause, and it's like, he's got to get more air into the four tiny sacks left he has to suck <laughs> yeah, air. I wouldn't, and I, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't uh, do that. You know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I <laughs> think it's, it's us, ride a subway then, ride a bus. And it's like, he's got to grab more air and he takes little sips of air and then he gets out what he can. Uh, it's not Ben Affleck, but I don't, I don't really get it. Why, why do people need to, <laughs> why does everyone need to comment on it? I don't really. I mean, i work on it. It's better when he's around and I can hear him, but he's got that thing like, I've only taken a very short gulp of breath and I got to get it out real fast before taking another breath because, <laughs> I, well, people play sports anyway. It's just, uh, they root for sports. And then you're like, uh, what are you doing? I don't know about that's that. That's not a good way to go. If, no, I don't think so. That could be kind of breathy. Uh, yeah, that's it was very good.
1: Long. That works.
0: Is that yeah. something that, uh, that's kind of more of a, this is more of a Will Arnett kind of thing.
1: Yeah. yeah that's nice.
2: I'm
0: what
3: that. if you were to just like, like I'm going to call in with a love song request and you're the breathy DJ. Good. Okay. All right. All right. So, hi, I'd like to play um, Wilson Phillips' Hold On for My Husband.
0: All right, and what's your name, darling?
3: My name's Sheila.
0: Sheila. All right, we're gonna play Wilson Phillips right now. This is a wow.
3: Track. Are you single? I mean, I know I'm married, but wow. <laughs>
0: well, I'm married too, but uh, that never stopped oh. me from jumping in the game. <laughs> if you know what I mean.
3: <laughs> oh we're my! We're gonna play.
0: A game? Yeah, <laughs>
3: the game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. uh, I like to play hacky sack, uh, even though my foot's oh, occupied. <laughs> uh, I can juggle
3: two sacks at once.
1: Okay. I have to go.
3: I have to go. You can cancel that request. Uh, That that went the wrong way.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's your voice. I think it's the things you say. Yeah. (laughs) I say terrible things. Yeah. like you were. We had your voice pitched down and you talked about having girls over and we're like, oh yeah. And then you're like grape soda and Parcheesi.
0: I don't think, uh, I just don't have it in me. And I think my voice probably is a true reflection of
3: of who I am. I like your voice. I, I honestly don't think you should feel that way about your voice. You do kind of have this like deep um I don't know, there's a little crackle in there that's alluring, you know? You got a nice voice. Yeah. That's very nice of you. That's very kind. Uh
0: I, I will try to accept myself more as 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 I was made, or as to quote uh, you know, the great James Lipton, as God made me. Yeah. Uh, I that's right. be- as
1: God made him. Conan, as God made me. And I me.
0: think you're going to age into even a finer voice. Yeah. That's nice to think about. Maybe uh, maybe uh, my voice will get better as my uh, face rots off my skull.
3: <laughs> well, at least you're <laughs> podcasting, so you're covered.
0: <laughs> I timed this just perfectly because, as you know, the Irish, our faces don't age well. So this, is, uh, this was the good move, I think. <laughs> as the face rots, the voice deepens. And... uh Well, listen, we have so much to talk about today and I I will do my best uh, to give you my my best vocal performance, Uh, but a terrific guest today and uh, I'm anxious to begin this uh, portion of the show.
1: Okay. My guest today directs, writes, films, produces, and narrates the brilliant HBO documentary series How To with John Wilson. You can stream the first season now on HBO Max. I'm absolutely thrilled talk to him today john wilson
0: welcome let me begin by complimenting you saying anyone if you're listening and you haven't seen yet how to with john wilson go and watch this right now not right now listen to all the ads and buy all the products <laughs> but then when you're done doing that watch how to with john wilson which is absolutely a delight
2: uh, Thank you. It's still very, very surreal uh, hearing this from you. And I, I mean, just being face to face with you. I mean, I think you're the first celebrity that's consented to meet up with me since
0: since your show came out. Wait, consented <laughs> to meet with you. Um, In- be- instead
2: of me filming them on the street or something,
0: <laughs> you know, that's right. I should also mention that your part-time gig is you work with TMZ.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, if they'd have me.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the things with if you work on uh, if you work with TMZ is you have to be able to keep asking. Um, inane, pointless questions over and over and over again, uh, even if you get no response. And yeah. I, uh, I'm only bringing this up because recently I was somewhere, I was doing a show at the Largo Theater and I came out and there was a TMZ guy there and it wasn't like he was mean or anything. It's just that clearly they had told him just fire off as many questions as you can because mm-hmm. you might get something interesting. So I'm out there and he asked a couple of questions, new HBO show. And I said, I, I, I really don't know what that's going to be yet. I'll let you know. And then within seconds, he's saying, Teak, would you stain Teak? or would you leave teak alone? <laughs> uh, does it, does it still bead water if it's unstained? And I'm like, huh? I, I don't know. Uh, is it, uh, onomatopoeia or onomatopoeia? You know, I mean, just <laughs> literally anything. And, um,
2: I, I feel like I, I have a similar, similar approach sometimes, uh, in a weird way. I'll, I'll, I'll be meeting up with someone, you know, say like a, a car collector or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they they might think that uh, I'm here to talk about the cars, but there's something completely different going on in my head. Yes, and I might ask something like whether or not you know they think teak should be stained or something like that, and <laughs> and they'll give me it, it, it'll kind of catch them off guard and it'll give them they'll they'll give a really honest kind of answer in the moment yep. because they just don't really know kind of why I'm asking and um that ends up being the one moment sometimes that we end up using in the show because I'm I'm shooting like six episodes at once all the time so yes. if if I have someone who's like willing to talk to me usually I'll cycle through, you know, six or seven different topics, you know, so that if it turns out to be a dud for one episode, then, you know. It may fit
0: perfectly someplace else. Yeah, it's
2: like almost like the the farther away it gets from the subject matter – the funnier it gets, you know?
0: Well, one of the things, you know, I'll I'll back it up a bit again and then say your show, and again, this is for anyone out there who's the uninitiated, uh, your show is uh, essentially you and now you have some people helping you, but you walking around with video camera and uh, seemingly you shoot thousands of hours of stuff that you find kind of fascinating and interesting in and around New York. It's the most honest depiction I've ever seen of New York. It's New York warts and all. But you're not making fun of New York. You clearly love New York. Yeah. But there are shots in your show that are absolutely haunting of like a trash bag that's caught on a broken mannequin that's lying in the street and it looks ghostly. And, or, or a rat eating, you know, a smashed cannoli uh, um, and, and then scuttling away. And you narrate the show. We never really see much of you. Yeah. And you start with a topic, and it's how to. You'll say, this is an episode that's how to make small talk, which is all about, I, am I, John Wilson, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to investigate. How do I make small talk? But very quickly, this leads you to meeting a guy who's determined to capture child predators. Yes. And you're suddenly meeting with this guy, and he's taking you to his house. Now, I know that that took hundreds of hours of shooting, and some crazy good luck, and you keep at it. But when you put it all together, it's taking this serpentine, strange journey. As a viewer, I'm watching it. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't think you know where it's going to go.
2: I mean, that's what excites me the most about the work, is that that, that kind of like weird thread that you just have to follow, you know, it's, it's, we just have the freedom to do that in the show. And I, I feel like a lot of other productions might not have that, but I just wanted to make sure that we preserved it because, um, that is when I feel most alive. You know, it's like when I feel like I'm kind of documenting something, uh, or seeing something that kind of no one else has seen potentially, you know, and, 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 and following this, this, this thread, uh, I don't know. It just like, as long as I'm surprised while I'm doing it and I'm confused and I don't know what's happening, I feel like the audience, it translates to the audience, you know, and th- that, that suspense, you know, th- that's all like packaged into it.
0: Some of the funniest moments just happen. It's the mistakes that are beautiful. Yeah. And whenever I would look at great moments from, you know, like a talk show sort of God, Johnny Carson, most of the great moments were accidents. It was th- it was not the sketch that they had written. It was something going off the rails Um, someone misspeaking, something happening, a, a monologue joke bombing, that's where the magic would happen. It was not by design. You had a show that said how to cover furniture. After a bunch of twists and turns, you're talking to someone who's telling you how you can uh, restore Your Foreskin and mm-hmm. how he has dedicated his life to restoring people's foreskins with different <laughs> different device that he's yeah, made. Yeah,
2: pulleys and, and weight systems. Pulleys yeah.
0: and weights. And I was watching it and I was thinking, again, you can't write that. Yeah. that. And if you had written it, it wouldn't have been nearly as funny. That just happened.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's really just, uh, uh, you know, I, I I always say it's just just kind of like a numbers game. You just really have to try a lot of different things um, and just follow the most interesting threads. I don't know. It's like when I was in, you know, it's like when I was in college, I made this documentary. I was trying to make a documentary about a strip club, you know? You know, I, it was just, it was really boring. Were you
0: really trying to make it, do- or were you just wanted to go to the strip club?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, air, air quote, yeah, documentary. Um, Because
0: that was <laughs> always my excuse.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, just,
0: <laughs> I, I'm always there saying it's for a documentary. They say you yeah, have no um, camera. <laughs> I say, well, we don't use the camera right away.
2: Yeah, just, just doing scout they it. They then scout point it. out
0: that I've never done doc. <laughs> it's not really my field.
2: Yeah, um, and once we got over that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, f- I found that there was like they would host these 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 parties where they had balloon fetishists come and 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 you know people that were attracted sexually attracted to the inflation and the popping of balloons. And um, is that a
0: thing, really? I mean, yeah. I know everything's a thing, but I've never heard of people becoming aroused by the inflation and popping of a balloon.
2: It's uh, you look it up; they're called lunars. Um, it's it's like a it's a well established fetish. And, uh, I went to the, so I went to the strip club and I was, and, 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 and I, I found this kind of subculture and I, and I became friends with the, 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 the leader of, I guess, one of the biggest message boards on the internet. And I end, ended up making kind of the documentary just became about that, you know, and it's just kind of like, it's about just saying yes to, you know, in, in, instead of like being very narrow and, and, and trying to like, you know, like just do what you originally had planned out to do. You know, I, I it, it may sound like cliché advice, but it's 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 really just like you you just have to be willing to throw everything out that you thought it was going to be and, you know, follow whatever like appears. It's it's just so, you know, during the first season of the show, so much like truly like relied on pure coincidence uh, in this way that like absolutely terrifies me and and made me think that it wasn't like reproducible, maybe you know, but like right. and and I'm just like, how could we possibly kind of bottle this much magic kind of like all over again right you know, and we have, we have a shorter amount of time with season two as well yeah, right. um. Because with COVID, our production schedule was extended, but there's just something that happens. Do you like what
0: you're getting so far? Do you really like it? I really like it. Yeah.
2: I was so, I was such a ball of kind of nerves at the beginning before production started on season two. And, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but it's like, once we started shooting, it's like, it's, oh my God, it's happening again. You know, like it, it, I, I don't, I can't explain why, but like the universe is just kind of like, kind of. Offering these things.
3: <laughs> to, well, I also to us. think
0: it's. I think the way I look at it is, you have a tuning fork inside you. I don't mean that in some disgusting way. <laughs> I don't know what you're into. <laughs> yeah, I uh, you talk about balloon fetish. I've, t- I've been trying to get it removed. <laughs> I'm a tuning fork. Uh, I have a tuning fork fetish. Um, <laughs> I like to have them inside me and then see if I can get them to vibrate. Uh, but listen, that's my business, and if you ever want to put that in your show, um, but sure.
2: yeah i'm sure there's a lot of people like you
0: yeah uh there's a lot of us yeah you should come to a meeting sometime when we all start vibrating in uh in a flat at the same time (laughs) um but uh the way i interpret it i think is that these things are available to everybody but you're able to see it and we're all walking around the same new york city and i've been walking around the same New York City all day today, and you're and and you're walking the same streets as I am. You're seeing things that I'm not seeing. A really good example of this is,
2: which might be a you know, a curse as well, you know.
0: All blessings are a curse, mm-hmm. and uh, all curses are a blessing.
2: A curse that I, I'm I'm you know some I I feel like I've cursed people with the sight of scaffolding. In well, that's what I was going to bring yeah. up.
0: <laughs> you know, I scaffolding. I live in Los Angeles now, but I lived for 20 years in New York City and I just stopped noticing it. It went away it because my retina, my cerebral cortex, something just said, this is not doing us any good, so let's delete it, so I never saw it. Mm-hmm. You In one of your shows, you talk about how scaffolding is omnipresent in New York, it's everywhere. It doesn't seem to be temporary. Then you talk about why that's the case because you do some research, and then I start seeing it through your eyes, and since I've been back in New York City, walking around, all I see is the scaffolding and that's because of you. So fuck you, John (laughs) That's I knew, why I, I, learned, I knew, that's
2: why I lured you in here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, I, on that note, I have something. I brought something for you. Oh, uh, it's the uh, scaffolding of the month calendar. Oh my God, this is 2021. Fantastic. Look at this. I got a,
0: a character a, a uh, calendar. Yeah, this is fantastic scaffolding of the month. Yeah, so and, it's got
2: a different neighborhood, a different kind of scaffolding. Um, I know we're halfway through 2021, <laughs> but you know, I figured better late than never. I I love this. Um, oh boy,
0: this one's beautiful. Soho, you've really got some. Um, did you take all of these?
2: Um, I did not take all those photographs, uh, but you know, it's real scaffolding.
0: Real scaffolding, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so now you'll be yeah cursed with the sight of it, even when you're not. Well, in, you in know, New York. but
0: it's also I, I think there's a visual poetry to the show that I get. I just get entranced with when I'm watching it. I very much think that. You, you capture these images, you'll capture someone wearing practically no clothes, and just, you know, like, <laughs> like under, you know, just a guy wearing underwear is completely unself-conscious and he'll be eating a massive sandwich with mayonnaise, and you've got him framed kind of beautifully, uh, and he's not noticing you looking at him, and then you notice that no one notices him, you find all these things that nobody else seems to see which are completely absurd. You know, like a, I don't even know if I've seen this on your show but it's the kind of thing like a giant sofa Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, with a toilet perched on top of it that's leaning against the side of an alley and no (laughs) one else (laughs) pays it any attention. But you find it and you shoot it and...
2: It's like when I first started making the, the, the movies in this style it was like, you know, it's like I just didn't have any money. I was just like self-producing everything. I couldn't pay anyone to like be a sound person or, you know, Mate. like really like each, each, each to make 10 minutes, you know, before the show came out, it was like to make 10 minutes, uh, it would take like a year, you know, of just like harvesting like footage on the streets and you know it's just it's it's collage right it's it's just like it takes no money it's just like you just get some newspaper you just like cut things out you Mm -hmm, know just like mm -hmm. all the so like all the raw material was just there is just always there on the street and you just need to like know how to kind of like arrange it and interpret it but i mean i hope it's inspiring for like other people who like are like you know feel like some kind of like they like they don't like to have the money to do something or like the, the resources. It's just, it's so easy. Um, you know, you don't have to do this exact same thing, but it's like, I just had, you know, I had ambitions early on, like when I was younger to just like have, make these kind of big bloated movies that involved like big crews and stuff like that. And, and like, you know, fiction, you know, all these like fictional elements and stuff. But like, this just felt the most honest, and you know, like it—it—it's just something I, I i could just reliably do, like without anybody's help, really. At, or, and
0: that means no interference, too.
2: Yeah, but 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 not, not to say that like. With with the show now, I have, like, this unbelievably talented group of people that, like, help me, like, that that, that they, sh- they shoot part of it. You know, I have editors now. I have, like, a whole, there's a whole apparatus around it that, like, I basically had to teach everyone to kind of see things in a certain way or right, kind of, like, right. cut, cut things in a certain way. And they're all just amazing.
0: I think it'd be, it just occurred to me when you were talking about how you used to have ambitions to do sort of a big fiction movie that it would be hilarious. In I would love to see if they gave you the next Fast and Furious movie
2: to oh F ten. Yeah, they're yeah. just doing like hotkeys now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> so I because I got fascinated a couple of years ago with the Fast and Furious movies and how insane they are. <laughs> Mostly how they um they seem to have not no one has understands how physics works in those and I know that's not the point, but I just recently took my son to see F9. Oh yeah.
2: How, how he, was it?
0: Um, uh, <laughs> It's the finest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh they're absolutely off the wall bananas. Um and things happen that you just can't believe happen and you can't believe everyone's just watching this happen and and uh So
2: it's kind of like my show.
0: It is. And so but I thought it'd be really great if because you've got this heat now of of wow John Wilson he's this incredible auteur um In the past, what happens is when someone gets some heat as a director, they give them a big movie like this. If you shot your version of a Fast and Furious 10 and you were standing around with Vin Diesel and all those stars and you were saying, guys, we just have to wait to see what happens. And I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot this rat eating a piece of bologna
2: in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I would just tell them, right. I, yeah, I mean, Dream, yeah, Vin, if you're listening. Um. I, yeah, I would just tell them to make Fast 10 as they were going to, and mm-hmm. then I would just, yeah, I would just document it, and then we would trash all the footage that they shot. Yeah, they would know. They would get and we like would just, 15
0: Maseratis, and they would be having them all uh, climbing up the Eiffel Tower, and it's a stunt, uh, racing up the Eiffel Tower to the top to defuse a bomb and it's a stunt that costs well over $600 million. And just as it begins, your camera would drift over to the side and push in, and mm-hmm. uh, you would see uh, you know, a decaying eclair that's yeah. been stepped on in the mud, and you would hold on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and in the yeah.
0: background, we'd hear this amazing stunt happening.
2: Yeah, and we, yeah, we'd miss all the pyrotechnics. <laughs>
3: Hey, Blake, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't
0: miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, beep. I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a <laughs> microphone. Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take Sorry. it. Just take it down I notch. didn't know what
1: brunch was. I can
2: hear him. <laughs> when the restaurant's open for brunch.
0: Okay. Uh, so
2: I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage
0: to check terrific, out brunch. That's brunch. All right. you can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, (laughs) and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications, like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24 seven professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event, and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm -hmm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. Come on, if most people are being honest, you were making your films you were putting your stuff together and you were putting it out there and who sees it but nathan fielder who's one of my favorite people uh he's uh, he's absolutely brilliant and i think he's done some of the most original work of anybody nathan for you is uh absolute uh incredible show and um, and he's very so funny and so smart. So he finds your work, and I think you guys are a great team. And you found a great writer producer and Michael Coleman, who used to work with me. And I think mm-hmm. there's a real sensitivity to we want to help John do his thing, his way, and mm-hmm. assist him and realize his vision, as opposed to what often happens when other people get involved, is it gets twisted or perverted.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was I was afraid that they were going to, you know, uh, potentially recast me, uh, you know, as Tim. I was
0: offered the role.
2: Yeah, you, Tim Robbins, whoever, uh, (laughs) I don't
0: know. (laughs) Why do I always, I almost got Shawshank. (laughs)
2: No.
0: Yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, Yeah, I auditioned for it, and then they said, wait a minute, you're not an actor. I'm too gullible. (laughs) (laughs) They said your eyes are (laughs) beady. you don't know how to act,
2: Uh, get the fuck out of here yeah no that they were they were really good at kind of like isolating what worked and what could where there was room for improvement, like more or less they they realized that like i guess the charm of it a lot of it was just in that in that it truly felt like you know like the stuff where I'm just actually alone right. and nimble and able to get into certain places without the, the kind of like without the um, the kind of awkwardness of a, of a production, you know, sh- the kind of shadowing you all the time. Um, that was like, that's like where most of the life is in it. And, and, right. and they just like, uh, I don't know. They just, they were really good at like even, but I was like, it was tough at first, you know, I was like, I was like, you were nervous. I was really nervous. And like, I also, like, I was just getting to know Nathan and Coman, and, like, I had a hard time, like, separating kind of, like... Nathan's character in his show from like the actual Nathan, like yep. you know, at yep. the, at the same time, and just because like I had I I hadn't really like collaborated with anyone in like a really long time, like I by design, like I wasn't yeah. collaborating with anybody, but they were just so they were so good and 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 like they knew when to to kind of like tell me I was being ridiculous or uh, you know unprofessional or stuff like that, and um, I think like the yeah and it it really shows in the work.
0: One thing that occurred to me is you have to have you have to have people uh shooting stuff for you because there's no way you can shoot all of it on your own. Mm-hmm. But it's the way you shoot things is so personal to you. Did you have to train people when you're out shooting, let's say B-roll, like we need I need help. We need many more shots of scaffolding and I need you guys to go out and look at it. You'd almost have to train them how to think or see like you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, again, uh, my team, I got, you know, Nelly Clues, Chris Maggio, Brittany, um, Leia, you know, like everybody is, is just so like, uh, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone, damn it. I'm going to cut all those out. <laughs> you think we have time for that shit here? Um, well, an- anyway. Um, you know, I want to
0: thank a few people, too, who have been yeah. instrumental in my career, you know, um, but I'm not going to. Uh, okay, I might as well. Not. I should. Now.
2: Well, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to be good. Uh, no, I'm
0: going to thank as many people as you thank, just to get you back.
2: Yeah. Well, I they thank my father um, for
0: teaching me that human. Contact yeah, I also like to thank necessary. my parents
2: too, mom and dad. Thank you. I so want to thank
0: your parents for always encouraging me. Yes, they yeah. sent me letters back in the '80s. <laughs> yeah, saying they, I could they do showed it. me
2: your work. But yeah, they 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 go out and they 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 film. You know, I'd say they film a quarter of the show because a lot of it is like, you know, a lot of it is like very first person like stuff that I'm doing. But then they picked it up like almost immediately. Well, I've
0: noticed you don't like to indicate you like to let you like to shoot it a little wide so that it's. Up to me to see the thing that you're seeing sometimes, rather than which is I think a lot of people in comedy like to shoot in, like to push in on the funny thing. And I've always thought, don't push in on the funny thing. Let me discover the funny. Yeah,
2: thing. it's it's yeah. You, you got to let people like people shoot so tight on stuff, and and yep. you know I I feel like I come more from like cinema and kind of like documentary and and, and like my favorite imagery is is or, or it's just like the more information the better for me, and yeah. I just like. I just never see cities shot in, like, you know, you watch the French Connection or something like that. Yeah. And it's just, like, people, like, I love that movie. People love that movie. It's just, like, because it's such an amazing artifact of, like, a very specific time in New York. Yes. And you see so many panoramic, kind of, like, big wide shots of, like, New York. And that's not the only thing that makes it good. But it's, like, like stuff like that, like, like the archival qualities of a piece of work are just, like, well, that's just as important to me.
0: You know, that makes me think about something that I'm a little obsessed with, which is, As a culture, I think we love things to look shiny and fancy and rich and affluent. So most movies you see, and I'm just going to – I know I just brought up Fast and Furious, but any – most movies depict New York City or they depict – they love to cut around and you see these, you know, now we're in Dubai, now we're in, you know, Rio, and everything looks so beautiful and sexy and the cutting is so fast. Yeah. And then I think about these movies like – what you said, French Connection or movies from the 70s that showed you what New York looked like back then. A Sweet Smell of Success, if you know mm-hmm. that movie, uh, with uh, Tony Curtis uh, and Burt Lancaster. It shows you New York in, like, 1958. Mm. And I, it's a great movie, but I love just how they captured, like, a news crew. They They captured what New York was like, what it was like back then, and it's not all pretty.
2: Yeah, even the you know the the narrative stuff that you know tries to show the gritty New York a lot of the time. It, they, you know, they still close down streets and stuff like that, and it's just like it, you know, there's some kind of weird artifice there.
0: I just rewatched um, Marathon Man and oh. was just also remarking on, oh, I, that okay, uh, th- wait, that's what the Diamond District looked like. Yeah, oh, wait, that's what the Upper West Side looked like. Oh, look, they're they're over there. They're in Central. He's in Central Park. That's what Central Park looked like in 1975, 76. Um, it looks so different than what we're seeing now.
2: Even, even just like TikTok, whatever, like home video stuff. Everyone's like, when 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 people film each other these days, it's like it, it like even just on like cell phones, it just it, it like there's like a performance. Yes, like you know, and it's not like when I look back at old home videos that like you know my parents shot or whatever, it's just like this is an event. You know, I'm going to shoot the event, and, and like no one's like performing and this is just like here's what all these people look like sitting in chairs here's what the street looked like and you know it, 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 it's more kind of raw and it's not like someone doing a dance or, or, or something i've like noticed
0: that. that if you they'll occasionally find this great footage from like 1915 1916 amazing footage the one thing i notice when i look at that footage is that people are not hamming it up for the cameras yeah people are being themselves and they're noticing the camera and a motion picture camera is a relatively new thing. So they're all sort of staring at it. But can you imagine turning a camera on a crowd today? Everybody would be striking a pose, being ironic, being obscene. Everyone would would be doing (laughs) shtick. It's so amazing to look at footage where people know they're being documented, but they don't know yet to be ironic they're not conscious of the camera they don't even know what a camera is and there's something really beautiful about it yeah we'll never get back to that place again but now and who am i to talk i made my living like <laughs> becoming more animated uh in front of a camera
2: no but, but like I, I i'm i'm not you know that there there's a, a place for all this and you know it's like I, I consume this stuff all the time it's like i watch you know i was just watching the the bachelor i you know i watched the Bachelorette. Uh, I what? was just watching that. You're watching the Bachelorette. I watch that. Yeah, I watch the Bachelor or the Bachelorette whenever it's on. There's just something so funny. Of you know, I I, I love I love watching. I love,
0: first of all, I'm, I just need to stop for a second. <laughs> I love hearing this. This makes me really happy. That um, be, that you are. I'm just picturing you because I know your apartment from watching the show. Uh-huh. So I can picture you in your apartment and you're watching the Bachelorette.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not the only, you know, there's a lot of people in, in kind of, uh, I guess the, the bachelor nation, uh, you know,
0: I am not shaming you. Um, I'm it, not shaming you at all. And I'm, I'm glad to know you're in bachelor nation. It's, would you prefer uh, bachelor or bachelorette? Which show?
2: Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been strange since the pandemic started. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I really don't favor one over the other. I just like watching, uh, the show because I just think it's so funny that like, if 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 they were conducting the same experiment but there were no cameras like they would get 100 years in prison. It's like this is like <laughs> it's like, like it's a, it's like sex trafficking.
0: Yes, yes it is. It is sex trafficking. <laughs> like imagine trafficking. if they were
2: on like a in in in, in you know in a compound in the desert and and there was no production, you know, it just, and, and, and like, there was a challenge this week, you know, hopefully this doesn't date it too much, but like where, where the, the bachelorette uh, decreed that none of the men could masturbate um, while on set. And first thing I was like, it was the first time they acknowledged that the men masturbate um, off camera. And then- I'm glad
0: that's finally being
2: acknowledged. Well, yeah, but it's just so strange that like, but now they weren't allowed to, like, imagine that, like, if, again, if there were no cameras, that would be psychotic um yes yeah. to, to to tell that to a room full of people that they couldn't and 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 she's like a sex positive bachelorette this is like she's a sex positive bachelorette, but she's she's telling the men they can't masturbate. Um, it's very strange, um, yeah. It's and like were the men masturbating in the woods before? Like what were they doing? And I don't know if you a, have any answer. Uh, well, I, I do because- you The look in your eyes, you don't have any answers. No, no,
0: I, that, that's <laughs> just me. Whenever people talk about masturbation, I, I go to another place, uh, but I'm back now. I I don't know, I can't tell you. Whatever, but you haven't thing, been watching But yet. No, but listen, but my, my thing is, um, if you were there, if you were there on the set of The Bachelor, or the Bachelorette, and you were shooting your own footage, uh, and we could see that we'd have the answer to all these questions well, because you'd be shooting in the woods when men uh, were pleasuring themselves. <laughs> you would have that footage, uh, and then we could um, we could see the whole. I mean, that's a whole other documentary in and of itself, which is the shooting you shooting one of these shows that's frankly quite insane.
2: I would give anything to to document a production like that, but I, I just think. That would be like a major kind of existential kind of issue for them if they had someone kind of like filming what exposing what actually happened. You know, it's like I know how they I feel like we probably, you know, you probably have a good idea, too, of how these shows are made. And, you know, they just the whole reason it succeeds is because you have absolutely no idea how it's kind of Frankenstein together. Uh, or they try to, you know, obscure that from like the normal audience, I guess. But Cor- like,
0: correct me if I'm wrong though. But at some point, I want to say it was in the 90s, uh-huh. <clears throat> probably with the real world. And I've I've put this theory out there before. But they were shooting the real world, and they were just trying to capture the reality of people living together in New York in an apartment they're not paying for. But then at one point, they had a character on in the San Francisco episode who was named Puck.
2: Mm-hmm. Who yeah. was
0: completely off the rails, refused to play the by the rules, kind of a Trump figure that just came in, knocked all the pieces off the board, acted <laughs> like a lunatic, and everyone wanted to know about Puck. Mm-hmm. Since then, everyone's goal on on one of these shows is to behave as, as insanely as possible. Right. Uh and so and these shows also look for people who have problems with addiction, alcohol, um rage. Uh, you know, personal, borderline personality disorders. And then they put them all in, a, in bikinis uh, on an island and they give them a lot of alcohol. And mm. they say, did you hear what that guy just said about you behind your back? And then they, they, they shoot it. <laughs> yeah. You, when you wonder like, what are the aliens that are watching us do this? Uh, wouldn't they launch the attack now? Isn't this the time to take huma- humanity out of the equation? <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's torture. It's 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 like I I can't I can't believe that it's uh, I mean I I watch it you know. What like, else are you
0: watching on TV that most people wouldn't expect you would be watching?
2: I really like watching like shows that are just like very efficient kind of propaganda machines. Like mm-hmm. you know like like you know The Bachelor is like the kind of nuclear family kind of propaganda, and then yep. like Sh- Shark Tank is like free market like propaganda and then you have like I've been watching this show called uh, Lakefront Bargain Hunt um, which is (laughs) Lakefront
0: Bargain Hunt, (laughs) don't know
2: um it, it's, is it, it is
0: it like an American pickers but it happens on a lake it's, front? Just,
2: it's it's like a family that like goes and looks at lakes uh lake, lake houses oh. and they try to pick which lake house they want it's it's like a million other shows uh but it it's it's just one of the you know it's like a s m r it's like extremely soothing and and kind right. of like boring and and you know you just look at these houses and they pick one or there was another show called super size my Pool. Um I think Mario <laughs> Lopez hosted I think, I think it was,
0: <laughs> I just I just love that you're watching this. This is makes me happy. I don't um, know why it makes me happy.
2: I, I you know i <laughs> something happened i I, I don't know it, it's It's stuff I really enjoy, and I feel like sometimes I learn more things from that than I do, like uh you know, like like some kind of artsy movie that I would have pursued before.
0: Do you have a favorite documentary of all time? Or or not one, but just are, do you, is there a documentary out there that Ooh. comes to mind? When I have one.
2: Oh, uh, gee, the ones that come to mind. I love The Endless Summer. Mm-hmm. It's about surfing, mm-hmm. uh, even though I don't surf. I love uh, The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, which is like the the, the lady that the uh, directed Wayne's World directed yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's just about like 80s hair metal. It's really great. I would
0: say my all-time favorite might be Crumb.
2: Oh yeah, 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 and yeah. I crumb. mean, Crumb,
0: Crumb, just because um, you think the documentary is just going to be about Crumb, and it was probably started out to be uh, about our Crumb, the the uh, amazing sort of counterculture late '60s and '70s uh, cartoonist, keep on trucking guy, and all that, and and you think in Mister Natural, you think that's what's going to be about, and he is a documentary because he alone is incredibly fascinating, and then you meet his brothers and then you find out about his childhood and then you start to meet several of his, you know, his two brothers and what would have been a great documentary becomes to me one of the great documentaries of all time. Yeah. And, and really hit a lot of notes with me in so many different ways that when the lights came up, I think I was crying and like had to be escorted out of the theater, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: Um, I, I cannot agree more. I, it's, it's also, yeah, it's one of my favorites and it's, it's really grim, but it's also just like it, yeah, it, 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 it does so much right. I'm curious
0: now that you've had, it's, it's success is a tricky thing. I'm very happy for you that you're having success, but of course also success can alter things. And, uh, I think you've been very smart to keep your self off the screen because mm-hmm. for you to do your work you need to blend in do would you know do you do you worry at all about people recognizing you do you get anxious if people recognize you
2: i mean i i i i kept myself off the screen just because i mean ai am the camera person yeah, yeah but then also yeah i didn't really want like I didn't want people to recognize me maybe, but then, you know, when the, once the show came out, HBO put me on the splash image, you know, for the, you know, the homepage for the show and like that kind of went out the window. Right. Uh, and also I did appearances. It wasn't just them. I did appearances and stuff and it's honestly not a problem. Like people I talked to for season two, a lot of them have seen the show, you know, and their behavior is no different than it would have been if they were you know if 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 they hadn't seen it you know yeah i i really have nothing to hide really you know if i'm talking to somebody it's like i'm not pranking them it's it's like I'm having an earnest conversation a lot of the time. Right. And, you know, we may drift in and out of kind of strange subject matter, but, like, it's not like I'm really transforming what's happening in the scene too much or that there's, like, a gotcha, like, in the same way. So a lot of the time it's, like, in season two so far, it's, like, opened up doors that we would not have been able to open up before.
0: And that is an important distinction. You're not pranking people into thinking that there's a different reality happening and that and uh and then you know sort of pulling the the rug out from under them and 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 look those shows also or those kinds of uh things have their value those kinds of movies uh and when it's done right it can be really beautiful but yours is very earnest and you are yourself and i think your superpower is you are Um, exactly who you put yourself out there to be, which is you're a very curious person with an interesting eye and you want to know more. And so what's wrong with that? So people who know and love your show would be happy to talk to you on the street or show you their collection of devices that increase... (laughs) Uh, what was once a healthy foreskin.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he, he like, he knew what the episode was about before and kind of where we ended up there. You know, I try to be very transparent with people, you know, if people have a story to tell, you know, like, and you put a camera in front of them, a lot of the time they'll just take that opportunity, you know? And yeah. uh, it's like some people have just been waiting for that moment.
0: I have to ask you as a fan I got to know you a little bit uh, during the episode. You were just shooting a regular episode when COVID broke out. And um, what fascinated me was seeing, I thought it was the best depiction of how strange that time was because you're shooting your episode and then all of a sudden you see people, stores are getting clogged and people are um, buying lots of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And people are buying lots of hand sanitizer and then masks are going on. And so you see the whole thing kind of happen naturally, Mm -hmm. which was really fascinating. But I got to know your landlady Mm -hmm. in that episode. Is she doing okay?
2: Yeah, she's doing okay. That's great. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much uh, for season two. Okay, nope. uh, just it, it, it it is painful for me. There, there are there are so many stories I, I would I would love to tell you and talk to you about right now. But you know, I guess we'll just have to wait until uh, I'm finished with everything. I'm not having you back. Okay,
0: <laughs> what, what, what what kind of assumption is that? <laughs> you get to come back. So. <laughs> But I'll just wait until you have me back again. I, you know, I'm just, learning that you are a very, uh,
2: uh, yeah, God, uh, entitled person. Entitled, presumptuous, I know. <laughs>
0: um. Well, I can't wait. Uh, for the new <laughs> I really can't wait for the new episode. I really can't. And um, like I say, you're a, you're a true artist, and I really admire what you do. And I'm so happy your show is out there and, and um, that you're making more of them. It's a... Uh, it's a real delight, and uh, I hope we are friends. You know,
2: I, 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 I'd say at this point, um, sure. Jesus, Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a tough nut to crack. It's no, it's, to crack. and I, I still find it so surreal that you have any idea who, who I am. Like the transition when I f- finished the show, it's like the transition out into the real world. It, it's, it's, it's been so. It's been so bizarre. Well,
0: I will tell you this: I'm. I can relate that I've been on TV for 28 years, and when I meet people that I that were on television before me, I still find it weird that they know who I am. Yeah. And so that never goes in a good way. I don't think that should go away. It's it is surreal.
2: Yeah, there's something about that line, you know, where. It's like, even like like The Bachelor, it's like, I still think, even though they're like 20, the contestants are like 23, 24, I still think they're all old, older than me. Yeah. Or, you know, like with the real world or something like that. Like there's something about like, there's, I, 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 when I watch any, when
0: I watch any young person who's really confident with women, I, I immediately <laughs> think they're older than me. Even though I am a very old man at this point, um, and they're 24, <laughs> if they're confident with women and they know what to say and they know what to do, I assume <laughs> that I'm 16 and they're 19. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Or like a, like a, like a three-year-old who speaks a, you know, a different language or something.
0: Well, I'm, de- <laughs> I'm, I'm such a fan of your show. It just occurred to me I am determined to be on it at some point. So I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to find out where you guys are shooting and I'm just going to keep walking into the shot. And eventually you're going to have to, have to bring up, and occasionally you'll encounter a Conan O'Brien. Right, and yeah. And then you'll, you'll pan up from a dead rat smushed into a, crashed wedding cake and you'll see me which you'll be
2: you'll be taking a, you'll be taking a piece out of I'll be
0: taking a piece out of and I'll look right to camera yeah. and wink and ruin the whole show <laughs>
2: exactly just yeah during your during your like <laughs> your worst moment I, I will be there just yeah. when you think it,
0: y- it, yeah you'll catch me when I I'll, I'll, I'll do a thousand things to try and get on your show and then when I don't think you're around mm-hmm. and I'm uh, I'm defecating behind a dumpster <laughs> uh, because I have uh, E. coli you'll (laughs) capture that moment and put it in I'll be there (laughs) hey uh, John Wilson congratulations and thank you so much for being here with me in person uh, to meet you it was a a real treat thank you
2: hey thank you it feels good to finally be your friend
0: there we go you know Scotty's cares about the environment and has strong values they stand behind plus Scotty's facial tissues are super soft, strong and absorbent and easy on the wallet. Whether you've got allergies or just a case of the sniffles, stock up on Scotty's facial tissues so you can stop wiping your nose on your sleeve. Isn't that disgusting when people do that, Sona?
1: I just don't like that. No,
0: I don't like it either. I'll like, I like to wipe my nose on your sleeve, oh, but that's, not my sleeve. Yeah.
1: Well, my sleeve is made of Scotty's tissues, so that's- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder, that's a very cool fashion statement. Hey, and stop offering guests toilet paper to blow their nose into. That's disgusting. Hand them a Scotty's facial tissue. Instead, you can find Scotty's facial tissues that come in beautiful box designs. Put one in every room. Why not make your guest feel like a king or queen? Hmm. If someone offers me a tissue, sometimes people say to me, Conan, would you like a tissue? I say, is it Scotty's? And if it's not, I just swat it away.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Scotty's is better at what counts. For more information, visit scottysfacial.com. Who took a loud gulp? Was that you? Sorry. Listen, David. It's my first time in a podcast studio. Okay, but Thanks. you just took a audible slurp. Okay. and then I, f- I think it was the straw. The point is, you held it right up to the microphone. I take discreet sips yeah, I and did. I do it away from the microphone. No. You have this, um, I think it's the largest water bottle I've ever seen. <laughs> It looks like you stole a prop from Land of the Actually, Giants. It's from That's Home Goods. 60s reference TV show. Anywho, yeah. you took a giant slurp, and then I could feel uh, the water <laughs> being pushed down your esophagus all the way into your belly. So. Just be a little mindful of that, okay? Sure.
1: How dare I'm you? I'm so sorry.
3: If you're just joining us, uh, we're mid-conversation with David Hopping, who's going to get transitioned into Sona's role as assistant, and that's what this segment is. It's the second part of a major cliffhanger from last episode. Major. Major. People have been beating down our doors to find out what happens here. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That was me just
0: trying to get in to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I, um for calling this a cliffhanger... <sighs> The crux of the matter here is that one Sona Talene Mosesian, I used your middle name.
3: But not her last name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> huh? you, you did something weird with <laughs> my last name. Also, Talene is my first name.
0: I know, but you were, you go by Sona Talene Mosesian. Yes. yes, But your real name is Talene. See, this I just took us into a cul-de-sac we didn't have to go into. <laughs> exactly. Let me try that again. What we're going to do today is, uh, as you all know, I think you're aware that Sona is- carrying twins at this very moment yeah, to unborn uh, children in her belly who have to listen to this podcast I
1: know, <laughs> right now.
3: <laughs> the sound. Some parents play Mozart to the band. Yes. This cat, I, I was going to oh. say,
0: I was going to say, kids hear Mozart, they hear Chopin, they hear Beethoven. Yep. Your two children have for months during the uh, you know most important stages of their cerebral development listen to us bicker and self-obsess and waste time.
1: They're gonna know your voice more than they're gonna know tax. And that (laughs) makes me really sad.
0: That's right. (sighs) They'll never listen to your husband, (laughs) Tack. And so you'll have to call me and and hold the phone out to them and I'll say, go to your cribs. (laughs) And they'll both immediately like little soldiers march off to their cribs.
1: Oh my God.
0: But um, no, we're really excited for you. We're really happy. Thank you. And uh, it's, this event is going to happen very soon. So obviously uh, we need to find someone to temporarily replace you. And uh, the man for the job is David Hopping, who has been uh, working in our office for five years. You've been working as Jeff Ross's assistant. He's our executive producer.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: A man of few words. Very few words. What's up? What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Let's go. (laughs) I gotta go. I gotta go. Let's come in. And he is, uh, what is he? He's not the opposite
1: of... Ice?
0: No, he's an oven mitt. Oh. Oh. I am a flame that needs to be controlled, and he just just comes down like a big oven mitt and
3: and extinguishes that flame.
1: Okay. Doesn't... Ovenman extinguished the flame. I mean, no,
3: he's a fire blanket, like that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I was or, thinking yeah. something
1: that cuts off the oxygen. For okay, the fire.
3: all right, yeah. okay. Like he's a don't Well, this is the cliffhanger resolution people have been screaming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a waste of everybody's time, David.
0: Let's try to get to the heart of the matter, David. Do you know what your duties are as far as being my assistant? Not really. <laughs> because I'm very different. You're working now for Jeff Ross, the executive mm-hmm. producer of the show. Yeah. Okay? And he's a guy who probably wants to have a dinner reservation, mm-hmm. probably wants you to tell him what's in his appointment book, what he has to do. Son and I don't have that kind of relationship. No. Okay.
1: 90% of what Conan is going to tell you And talk talk to you about is complete and utter nonsense, wouldn't you say?
0: I call it gibberish.
1: Lots of so many bits. Then you have to like weed through a huge, dense amount of bits to get mm-hmm. to something that has any sort of substance
0: I call Sona often as other people. <laughs> um, I'm constantly saying I was in, I was using the restroom and I walked out and my, I had forgotten to pull up my pants and I walked into a restaurant <laughs> and I started berating a waiter with no pants on and TMZ was there and they have all the footage. Mm-hmm. And I panicked at that point and said some stuff that was against America. And I, like, I keep making the story worse and worse and worse. Just
1: so I'll spend 15
0: minutes on that. And then I'll say, oh, and by the way, the medication that it keeps me alive. I'm completely out of that. Yeah. I don't lead with the most important things. So you have to be patient and listen to my bits, okay? I can do that.
1: So many bits.
0: What do you do? You just sit?
1: I just sit there. I literally just sit there and just listen to it. Okay. That's all you can do. But
0: I think David's asking a much more intriguing question is, what is it you do? Ugh. Oh. I mean, I don't mean just with, while well, I'm, well, I'm telling you a story because that's occasional. But when I'm around putting a show together- uh, crafting a comedic sensibility that will guide a generation to higher heights. What are you doing?
1: That's a good question. Uh, and, um, you know, I sh- there's, there's things that I should be doing and then there's things that I do. So I think those are two completely different ideas that you have. That
0: was very good. You just, if you were in front of the Senate being grilled,
1: <laughs> they would not be able to pin you down. Yeah.
0: That was, that was amazing. There Wasn't that amazing, I Matt? I should be doing,
1: yeah. and then there are things that I do. So most of my day, and David and I worked have worked very closely for a long time. Yeah. Most of our days spent talking about what we're going to get for lunch, then ordering lunch, then sending someone out for lunch, then eating lunch. So that already sucks up like half of our day. Yeah. You know, if you have shows to catch up on or movies you want to (laughs) watch, then that's important. So
3: I started out as Conan, your production assistant. Right.
0: And Sona one day told me if I'm ever just waiting at my desk for her to tell me to do something, it's fine if I watch TV. Yeah. Don't fire me for saying this, but I sat at my desk and binged. 14 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Wow. Is Grey's Anatomy still on? Yeah, they just got renewed. It's amazing that show is still on. But it's, imp- it's but like Gunsmoke, you know, so good. it's like a show it's from the fifties <laughs> that's still going. It's um, a good thing
3: that it's still on because you're going to have a job where you need to watch it. Someday. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and now I'm basically a doctor, so. <laughs> so you watched 14 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And on my dime, I was paying you. The yeah. Well, I was waiting for Sona to tell me
3: like if you needed lunch or something. See? Right. I'm watching Chicago Hope right now.
1: Chicago Hope. I don't
3: know. Just was it still? i never. That was on. An was Anastasia that the big competitor to Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> I don't
0: know. And then it went away know. after like a year, <laughs> I, or is it? I, or, do. I, I don't know. These shows I that are either. on conventional television, you know, channels two, four, seven. When's the last time I stumbled onto one of those? Yeah, me you know, either. And you know, I'm always on some streaming platform mm-hmm. watching uh, Steisel. <laughs> um, it's a good show, actually. <laughs> I like it. I like my weird European shows, you know, with subtitles.
1: I do too. And then after I watch them, I feel like I know the language.
0: I was watching- that's not
1: how language works.
0: (laughs) I was watching uh, some show, uh, I forget what it was, but it was on Netflix and it was this foreign obscure show with subtitles and it was like Dutch or something. And then after a while I realized this is just Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. They're just coming in through the (laughs) side door. You know, it was very similar people and, uh, and it was really no different. They were just, but I was giving it all this cred yeah. Because it had subtitles.
1: It's much better. I watched Call My Agent, which is in French. Mm. Then I watched Summertime, which is in, Ita- in Italian. And then I also had watched Money Heist, which is in Spanish. And oh, I really yeah. feel like after I'm done with all those shows that I can speak all those languages Fluently. Not only you that, studied abroad. I, I, yeah, exactly.
3: Like I watched The Bureau and Money Heist, and I felt like, yeah, I'm just a classics enthusiast. I got all the romantic languages down.
0: You know what happens? I watch those shows. I, I watch shows like that. Uh, and I, I like to watch on a treadmill. Mm. And um I'm running at full tilt and I'm reading that tiny, you know, uh subtitles going by. And my eyes are like on fire by the time the show is over because my head's bouncing up and down because that's how I run. I, l- I lope more than I run. I lope like a great wildebeest. You had to
1: mention full tilt too, didn't you? You just had to like make mm. sure everybody knew like, it's the toughest one then <laughs> oh, on that it. Did I flex? <laughs> I mean, for me,
0: full tilt might not be for, you know, an oh, Olympic okay. athlete, full tilt.
1: Oh, you're, For me so full you compared tilt. yourself to an Olympic athlete? <laughs> oh, I just said
0: a full, an Olympic athlete would yeah. be full out running. I'm, my fast walk feels to me like full, you know, full okay. You're one-tenth so, tilt. Yes. Okay. Anywho, we're learning a lot about you, David. Yeah. <laughs> we learning nothing about David. D- David, quickly, just tell us, do you think this is going to be an easy job? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't... I'm not a demanding guy, am I? No. I think I'm emotionally demanding, but I don't mm. ask for a lot of stuff.
3: I've also, after five years, never seen you
1: get mad,
0: I don't you, think. Well, not really mad. I get fake mad all the time. Yeah. That's true. I get fake mad constantly. Yeah. You know, but- um,
1: You're not like a, you're not a yeller. You don't throw things.
0: I, I'm going to, though, now.
1: <laughs> why? Why would you do that it's gonna now? It's going to be a whole
0: new Conan when you come back.
1: Yeah, Why? <laughs>
0: I don't know, I feel like David will just understand. And David, you quickly tell us your obsessions. I know that you're obsessed with Disneyland. I love Disneyland. I haven't been back since they reopened, but I will. there was a story halfway through the pandemic about someone who broke into (laughs) Disneyland and went to that island, like swam to the island and was living there. And the workers at Disneyland found him and I sent it to you and said, David, was this you? (laughs) That's how much David Hopping loves Disneyland and Britney Spears. I do. I'm curious. Had you thought of it, are you the type of person who would have broken into Disneyland and lived on that island for a bit? No, because I wanted, wanted to, to risk getting banned for life.
1: Ooh. That's the
0: only thing that would have stopped you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: That's God. true. All you would right. have been banned for life.
0: Yeah. No, oh, he'd have come back with like a big fake mustache. He's yeah. getting tons of plastic surgery. Yeah. I'm Schmavid. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Schmavid. Sh- I'm Schmavid, and I don't sh- work for Schmon sh- 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 and O'Brien.
1: Schmavid Schmopping.
0: <laughs> I'm Schmavid Schmopping, <laughs> and I've never heard of Schmon and O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes no sense in any in any way. All right. Well, I think you're going to work out fine, David. And yeah. uh, I'm really rooting for you. And uh, I think you're going to be a wonderful permanent replacement for Sonoma. Permanent. Oh, wow. You keep saying wow. permanent. Well, whatever. It's just uh, a, it's weird. a Freudian slip it's when you accidentally say your deepest desire
1: okay not permanent maybe i know i will no, be fine <laughs> you
0: <know. laughs> you'll be back you, you just love working with me and i know it
1: i mean i don't know love is the right word but mm-hmm. it's i tolerate it so you don't hate it i don't hate it so that's yeah. good it's nice yeah. you know when we go to we go to lunch or something i find somewhere really expensive Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. You got to look for four dollar signs.
0: Because he's rich. Yeah. Because rich is a relative term. As celebrities go, I'm actually quite impoverished.
1: I would say impoverished. I'm going to
0: start a GoFundMe. (laughs) For what? (laughs) We got to get Conan up to Clooney levels. He's got that tequila. (laughs) The sad part is people would do it. Yeah. I I want my own. uh, We've got to help Conan out. You know, he's not quite. He's not at Clooney level. He got that tequila. I tried to come out with my own knockoff of Snapple.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think you have the right brand for tequila?
0: No, I don't know. I think a pomade. I keep thinking a pomade. I think mm. a
1: pomade is right. I don't think or like a, a,
3: a little wine cooler or something.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be good.
3: Yeah,
0: sort of like a, a fizzy nice rosé. Fizzy, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of those wines that sort of tastes like an apple juice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's actually it's such a tame wine that it's been approved for children by the FDA. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. But, uh, David, I'm glad, very good to have you aboard. Thank you.
3: Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sona Mufsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.
0: This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo... And in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Aukerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts.